Tim Tebow steals the headlines once again in the NFL. The Brewers continue their winning ways, this time against St. Louis, and the NBA releases its upcoming schedule. We'll get to it all next. It's the 414 Sports Podcast, presented by Soul Boxer, and it starts right now. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in. It's Wednesday, August 18th. Thank you for logging in and joining us here on the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. I'm Don Wachillis. Soul Boxer, our presenting sponsor. As always, we can't thank them enough. Crafting and bottling bartender quality cocktails you can enjoy anywhere. The bourbon old-fashioned, the brandy old-fashioned, the Manhattan, all crafted to remain true to their supper club origins. You can find Soul Boxer wherever you pick up. Your favorite libations. lot to get to, as always, on this Wednesday. A couple of noticeable, or notable, I should say, cuts with the Green Bay Packers. But it was Tim Tebow that stole the headlines yesterday. But let's get to Green Bay first. A couple of notes of interest here is the fact that they've placed tight end Isaac Nauta on injured reserve, along with wide receiver DeAndre Tompkins. They've released guard Zach Johnson. They've released John Dietzen and punter Ryan Winslow. A couple of acquisitions here and there. This is the time of year where we see a lot of juggling as the NFL mandates certain certain numbers as far as the roster goes until you get to that final 53. So you're going to see guys being released, guys being brought in, guys being put on injured reserve. But as of yet, really nothing... Ah, terribly notable as far as Green Bay. However, yesterday, the Jacksonville Jaguars released Tim Tebow, and that created a firestorm of reaction once again. If you remember when Tim Tebow was signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars to come into camp as a tight end, it became story 1A, 1B, and 1C for all of the networks. And there were people losing their absolute minds over the signing of Tim Tebow. There were people yesterday losing their minds over Tim Tebow. The overreaction that surrounds Tim Tebow can be somewhat astounding. Tim Tebow was a magnificent college quarterback. Tim Tebow was slightly below average as far as an NFL quarterback goes. Tim Tebow has been out of football for a while, trying to make it in baseball at the AA level, doing a really good job with ESPN and their college coverage, but tried to get himself in the door once again, this time as a tight end. If you saw Jacksonville's game last week, if you saw the footage on social media, 
Tim Tebow was struggling. He was struggling with blocking. He was struggling, A, you've been out of football for roughly eight years, and now you're trying to get back and play in a different position. And he looked out of sorts. He looked out of place. This was, in essence, an experiment. And coming into camp, all of the talking heads were talking about how he's taking a position from somebody. If they keep Tim Tebow, oh, it went on and on and on. Well, Tim Tebow got cut yesterday, and rightfully so. If, if you see, there's just two plays really floating around social media. If you see how out of sort he looked, he wasn't, he wasn't meant to play tight end. He's never played tight end before. He came into the league as a quarterback. If he was going to move to that tight end position, that H-back position, that's something he should have done day one entering the NFL, not played quarterback, taken eight years off to play baseball, and now tried to jump back in. But he did, and he got the opportunity from Urban Meyer. And so the favoritism, the nepotism, all of the isms were thrown out yesterday. But let's make one thing perfectly clear. For the vast majority of people, whatever your career is, you've gotten your foot in the door through networking. You've gotten your foot in the door. You knew somebody who maybe knew somebody who maybe knew somebody who recommended you. And there, there are agencies out there. When you look at the schools, there are agencies out there to help kids who maybe don't have that network in place to help build that network. Where kids in certain high schools go to an agency and the agency has the network to help get their foot in the door. Job opportunities are about networking. Sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not. I am quite sure if you sit back and look at whatever organization you are a part of, there are individuals within that organization who feel they are better and more qualified than whoever it is above them. But the person above them knew somebody who knew somebody and helped get their foot in the door. That's all it was for Tim Tebow. He has a very special relationship with Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer being his coach at Ohio State, now the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer has a lot of respect for Tim Tebow of who he is as an individual. And it wasn't that Tim Tebow walked in and mailed it in. It wasn't as if Tim Tebow walked in, sat down, and was like, I'm tight with the coach. I got this. I ain't worried about nothing. You can tell that not only did Tim Tebow work on himself physically, but when you see the footage of him at practice, he was trying to work at that position. He was working at his trade as it was right now, being an H-back or a tight end. It didn't work. It just didn't work. So yesterday, Tim Tebow was released. And yet still, there are people out there that will say, well, this is a vital part of training camp, and he took somebody else's opportunity. Well, if somebody else's opportunity was taken, it's been reopened. If somebody else is out there who has the ability, they will be seen, and they will be brought in. Because one thing we learned yesterday and one thing that potentially was set 
for that organization down in Jacksonville is that the NFL, unlike college, unlike high school, it's a business. And Tim Tebow could not function at a high enough level at that position to maintain his spot on the roster so the business side steps in and he was released. If there is somebody out there and they need an H-back or a tight end, they will be discovered. They just will. Now, are there people that don't ever get discovered? Sure. Have you ever been like in Nashville or have gone to Minneapolis or Chicago and sat in a bar or restaurant or nightclub and heard somebody sing and go, oh my gosh, how does this person not have a record contract? The network isn't there. They've not been discovered yet. It happens in every single walk of life. Why Tim Tebow becomes such an electric figure around something like this, I I don't understand it. With all of the things going on in the NFL, for him to be the focal point yesterday was a little head-scratching. But what got even more annoying was how Tim Tebow was taking people's spots. And the only reason Tim Tebow got his opportunities is because he knows Urban Meyer. And I would say to the latter, yes, again, it's called networking. If you go to any business school within any university across the United States, one of the things professors are preaching time in and time out is how to build your network, how to build your brand these days. We're, we're talking about kids on social media building their personal brand. We're talking about college athletes right now building their personal brand so that they can succeed in the current state of NIL, name, image, and likeness. Tim Tebow has a brand. Tim Tebow has a network, and both of those provided him an opportunity. He took advantage of it. And give the guy credit. He put himself out there. It wasn't good. It really wasn't good when you see the video. But he put himself out there. He gave it a shot, as opposed to some people who would then sit back and say, well, you know, I was never given an opportunity. I could have, I could have, I could have. He put his butt out there took a chance, and he failed. The only difference between he and a lot of other players that failed and were released yesterday is he's Tim Tebow with a spotlight on him seemingly wherever he goes. So Tim Tebow, again, gets released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville will move forward. Obviously, now the focus will be on Trevor Lawrence. And and that was another thing. You never heard anything about the locker room. I know Troy Aikman made a comment yesterday on social media about how he helped establish the locker room and the culture. I I have no idea whether that's true or not, but that was one of the issues when Tim Tebow was brought into the fold that people were all upset about. Whose locker room will it be? Will it be Trevor Lawrence? Will it be Tim Tebow? It, It just, it got so hyped and so out of proportion. It was ridiculous. If Tim Tebow would have had the skill set and had that skill set mature over time, Tim Tebow may find himself under Jacksonville Jaguars. He's out of position. He doesn't know how to block, and that was evident in that preseason game. It's not an easy thing to do, especially when you've got defensive ends with their athletic ability and their size bearing down on you. So 
Tim Tebow will head probably back to ESPN, do good work as he has been doing on their college game day coverage, and this will then uh, will fade by the wayside as an experiment. But I guess what got my ire was the fact that, again, we're talking about he got his opportunity because of Urban Meyer, and there are a lot of people out in this world that have gotten opportunities because of people that they knew. All right, we'll talk more about the Packers and their upcoming preseason matchup against the Jets. We'll do more of that tomorrow. But in the interim, on the other side of this quick little break, let's look at those Milwaukee Brewers who continue to win, and I'll explain why. Why, just for a few days, we need to be Chicago Cub fans, and we'll get to it in just a second. All right, let's talk about those Milwaukee Brewers who are still in the midst of a kind of a brutal stretch here as far as road games go, and they get game one against the dreaded St. Louis Cardinals. Last night winning 2-1, to one, it extended their lead now in the NL Central to 8.5, and, and as I said before we got to our little uh, break there is the fact that we need to be Cub fans for a couple of days because the Reds are playing the Cubs and the Cubs snapped a 12-game losing streak yesterday by beating the Reds. So that helped, again, to extend that lead now to 8.5 in the Central. And don't forget, next week, the Reds will be coming to town. So once we wrap up this, this series against the Cardinals, we come home, we open things up over the weekend with the Nationals, and then the Reds come to town. And if we can take care of business at home against the Reds, we can start putting some nails into that coffin to call it a day as far as the NL Central goes and we continue to look forward to what the postseason can bring especially with the way the Brewer pitching staff has handled themselves. The Brewers get a run in the second, a run in the third and that's all they needed as I said and I think I said it was two to one. They they won yesterday two to nothing. My apologies. It was a shutout and Corbin Burns now goes to eight and four with a 2.13 ERA he has been absolutely magnificent. They beat a very good pitcher in Adam Wainwright, who falls to 11-7, and and Josh Hader picks up his 24th save. Josh Hader with a 1.7 ERA. The nice thing about yesterday on one hand and a concern on the other hand and watching the game is the Brewers pounded out 14 hits in the course of that 2-0 shutout victory against the Cardinals. So it was good to see again the offense being able to put the bat on the ball and generate the type of hits that they were getting. Again, having 14 hits, it was good to see Christian Yelich back swinging the bat well. He seems to be starting to come around better late than ever. I mean, if we were able to do what we've done so far this season while Christian Yelich has been struggling, if Christian Yelich can get back to form as we make our way into September – that just adds a whole nother level of excitement moving forward into the postseason. But on the other hand is the fact that you did have 14 hits and only generated two runs. You held St. Louis to just four, but you had 14 hits and only generated two runs. Sometimes in certain situations, that can be a concern. So let's see how 
the Brewers moving forward will will play this thing out. They'll take on the Cardinals again, 645 tonight here locally for game two of this set before, as I said, the weekend. They come home against the Nationals, and then it's the Reds for a three-game set at AmFam Field. So let's see how, again, they play this thing out and hopefully begin putting some serious distance between first and second place, even though there's a nice chunk right there, but there's still quite a bit of baseball to be played before we get to the postseason. On the other side of the break, the NBA has released its schedule. We'll talk about our Milwaukee Bucks and how they fared. But before we get to that break, a shout-out to D.E., who has been logging in and listening on Spotify many a times while walking the pup. And I'll only say this, I still hate tequila. All right, so the NBA yesterday put out the first part of its schedule announcing, for instance, the Christmas Day games and the kickoff to the schedule. And in a moment, I'm going to tell you why many a times us in the 414 or any small market gets really irritated with the national media about how these things get covered. But first and foremost, the Bucks will start the NBA season kick things off against the Brooklyn Nets at home October 19th, 7.35, Sir Forum. It'll be a TNT nationally televised game. And so we get to see a bit of a rematch, obviously, of that Eastern Conference final affair that propelled the Bucks to their finals championship. And then a couple of days later, for the Nets, they'll take on the 76ers. The Bucks did not get a Christmas Day game, which has already sparked some question marks amongst many when you've got your NBA champions not playing on Christmas Day, which has now become, in essence, a hallmark of the NBA. Really, many look at that Christmas Day lineup of games as the official kickoff of the NBA season, even though, obviously, things get going back in October, and the Bucks were eliminated or omitted or however you want to phrase it from the Christmas Day matchup. But when you look at how the national media covers certain storylines, you then begin to understand why people, for instance, us in the 414 or other small markets can get irritated again with the national media. So this comes off of Yahoo Sports and it talks about how the games are being played, as I just said, on Christmas Day and the kickoff to the season. But the entire focus of the article surrounds the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, who have one of the great, oh, super teams, shall we say, with Kevin Durant, James Harden, Harden excuse me, and Kyrie Irving, they are a marquee team. Absolutely get it. But the Bucks were the ones who won the finals. They are now your defending NBA champions. And yet, the story revolves completely around the fact that 
Kevin Durant went at Milwaukee solely because James Harden and Kyrie Irving were hurt and how this trio will move forward in the upcoming season. And it's almost as if your defending NBA champions are just this little byline with relation to the Brooklyn Nets. I still want to say the New Jersey Nets, but the Brooklyn Nets. This is where sometimes I don't think the national media understands why they catch so much flack from markets like Milwaukee or Portland or Arizona for that fact, down in Phoenix. And Phoenix is a little bit of a bigger market than what we have here in Milwaukee. This is where you get that East and West Coast bias as far as how things are covered in the national media that they don't necessarily perceive because as I sit and look at this article, I'm like, guys, we're the defending NBA champs and we're nothing more than a blurb here as you brag and gush and fall over backwards on the Brooklyn Nets. And, and this is not blaming Kevin Durant, James Harden, or Kyrie Irving, they did not write the article. They are just members of that team. And I think sometimes the players catch a little bit of the flack, too much so, because of how these stories are written. They're not writing the stories. They're just playing the game. This is their team, and they're doing what they have to do. But looking at the fact, again, that we're the defending NBA champs and we're nothing more than a byline, Mm, this is why I think sometimes, again, the media doesn't understand why small markets like Milwaukee get a little irritated on the way things are covered. All right, that'll do it then for this Wednesday. As always, we thank Soul Boxer for being our presenting sponsor. Find Soul Boxer wherever you get your favorite libations. Until next time, we'll see you later.